This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, April 9th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. Facebook is backing government regulation of social media in part because they don't want to be put in a position where Facebook, a private company, makes decisions about what constitutes political speech unfit for their platform. John Samples is author of a new Cato policy analysis out today, Why the Government Should Not Regulate Content Moderation of Social Media. It's available today. In a recent interview with George Stephanopoulos, Mark Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook, has called, you know, continued his call for uh, regulation. Uh, and it's not really clear exactly what he wants the government to do. But if you're a student of public choice, you're aware that whatever regulatory regime emerges from uh, the federal government, that Facebook will be probably well equipped to comply with it. Uh, with Mark Zuckerberg, I think there's several things going on. Uh, the times are difficult. There's lots of calls for regulation, and he's making some calculations about how can I get the company through this uh, in as good a shape as possible. So he's becoming essentially political. He's trying to be as politically maneuverable as possible uh, to get the company through it. The other, uh, as you correctly mentioned, the other issue is whether he intends it or not, is you could end up doing things and the government could end up doing things that will actually cement a monopoly position, one that doesn't exist now. So we have this history with technologies and other companies where government regulation actually causes problems. Uh, and so that's all a worry. And of course, there's a worry that uh, companies with large market shares uh, eventually, whether they want to or not, uh, are going to end up saying, well, this couldn't, you know, this is really not so bad for us. We can, uh, you think about the kind of opposition that physicians and uh, medical providers uh, originally gave to Medicare, things like that. Well, they seem perfectly reconciled now, and we also, and the cost of medical care seems quite high. So, those all those kinds of concerns. What concerns me is that Zuckerberg's comments reflect a growing consensus. And I think one of the purposes of the Cato Institute is to look at consensus in favor of government action and say, let's step back for a minute here and think about whether this is a good idea or not. Consensus is actually uh, maybe a, a bad sign in, in the policymaking sphere. You want deliberation, which means conflict. So let's think about this consensus, which is not only uh, in the tech companies, but of course, we're hearing calls for regulation from Democrats and Republicans. There's talk of a bipartisan privacy bill now, and we're hearing uh, for some time desire for speech regulation from both liberals and conservatives uh, in Congress and elsewhere. So the, this is the worry that consensus is forming. In particular, in this interview that uh, Mark Zuckerberg did with George Stephanopoulos, uh, he said, uh, all of the laws around political advertising today primarily focus on a candidate and an election. So vote for this candidate in this election. But that's not primarily what we saw Russia trying to do. 
and other folks who were trying to in, trying to interfere in elections. And what we saw them doing was talking about divisive political issues. They'd run simultaneously different campaigns on social media, trying to argue for immigration or against immigration. And the goal wasn't actually to advance the issue forward. It was to just to rile people up and be divisive. And here's something uh, of note here. He says, the current laws around what is political advertising don't consider discussion issues to be political. So that's just one of the examples where, you know, it's not clear to me after working on this for a few years now that we want a private company to be making that kind of fundamental decision about, you know, what is political speech and how should that be regulated? That seems seems like to me, at least, that Mark Zuckerberg has this almost entirely wrong. That's correct in the sense that, um, first of all, in the sense that you don't want a, a, a private company doing this. But in fact, there's a great deal of uh, evidence. First, Congress's uh, attempt to protect private companies in these kinds of decisions. Second, the courts have said, you know, that the First Amendment doesn't apply to uh, these companies, to social media. And of course, there's also a long-standing uh, protections from government uh, uh, under the First Amendment. And the Russian uh, one in particular, I would uh, mention, because, you know, there's uh, at least parts of of Supreme Court decisions from the 1960s that suggest, in that particular situation, suggested that uh, people had a right to receive materials from uh, what we call then Communist China or Red China, and that the government couldn't even regulate it by requiring a person to come down to the post office and sign for the magazine they were getting. So it would seem to me that that kind of protections, you know, are protections against government. I do have to say this is, I've heard this now a second time from a um, tech leader that uh, they feel like they don't have the legitimacy to make these kinds of decisions that government somehow does. But of course, government doesn't. That's the whole point of the First Amendment is to keep uh, government out of the business of uh, censoring speech or anything like that. As far as the political ads go, uh, he's touching on a a somewhat uh, complex or technical point, certainly down in the weeds, about our campaign finance laws have led us to a situation where we distinguish between issue advertising and uh, advertising that's directly uh, related to the election or defeat of a of a candidate. And the Russian speech, in fact, as he calls it divisive, was not um, aimed at any particular candidate. So it actually, uh, what kind of disclosure and all that sort of thing. Now, it's true, the other thing uh, he doesn't mention there is there's a, some evidence that uh, particularly for speech that um, or ads that directly relate to a candidate, the Russian effort would have been uh, illegal because those are banned. And there is uh, some reason to think that that's, at least in a narrow sense, would uh, withstand constitutional muster. But um, the difficult thing here, I would say, for anyone interested in freedom of speech is the idea that government is going to get involved and is going to make things better. They really can't get involved. They are limited. And we have lots of reasons that go even beyond the First Amendment and beyond what the courts have decided 
to say, look, we're all better off if government stays out of this area. I understand why Mark Zuckerberg doesn't like being involved. I understand why it's hard for Facebook. The odd thing, though, is my impression is that Facebook has put together a massive uh, effort of very intelligent people who are dealing with a very difficult situation. And in a sense, it seems like he's almost backing off that effort just at the moment that they're doing as well as anyone's going to do with it, and certainly a lot better than members of Congress are going to do. John, in many industries where the government has threatened some sort of regulatory action, uh, and there are many members of Congress who want government to take that action with regard to social media, uh, just the mere threat uh, often gets uh, industry to behave in a certain way. And, and you know, clearly the, the First Amendment ha- uh, should reign here and, and most likely will. Um, but there is a sense where I, I think you know, the feds may, in a sense, be delegating to these private companies the task of doing government regulation. That's the great fear. I mean, that's the great – this is why this situation, I think, is well, – the situation with the internet is actually holds the greatest, uh, you know, threat of real dangers uh, to, the, to our society because if you th- – uh, if you start with the assumption that members, the reason we have the First Amendment is members of Congress, elected officials, other government officials have all sorts of reasons to want to censor speech, to suppress it. it on the other hand, the society in general and, uh, and we as individuals have reasons to want to be able to express ourselves, and it's good for the society. So there's that. And so given that government officials have bad incentives, you have to have constitutional protections for it. But at the same time, there's this longstanding recognition that, you know, uh, these are private companies, they're in business, and um, they don't have to uh, impose the First Amendment on their shopping mall or something like that. Um, And so the First Amendment doesn't apply. And also there's the other element for these private companies, which is, you know, it's something wrong with forcing them to host opinions or to associate with people they don't want to associate with, that there's something, and the people on the, they act as, you know, representatives for their users. There's something wrong with forcing them to do that. They People have the liberty to hear things, but being forced to do it is a different thing. However, that creates the following bad situation. If you are a member of Congress and you want to suppress or in some way threatened speech, it can be very effective if you can get Mark Zuckerberg or you can get Facebook or Google or whomever to do it. Because once it's done, um, the First Amendment is is not a recourse, uh, that it's beyond the First Amendment. Um, and so you're going to get a lot of pressure in that way. And I think uh, you have to think about, well, what could prevent that? Um, what could be the pushback? And part of it is, I think, there has to be some engagement for, on behalf of free speech. And that's why it's troubling that there's a political consensus forming that for different reasons in a you know sort of polarized world, both sides want to affect speech uh, on the internet because they will be able to do it and the John Roberts won't have anything to say ultimately. 
Europe does not have as clear protections for freedom of speech as the United States. How have they dealt with it? And should we be concerned that the European model of uh, speech online will infect the United States, whether or not uh, the United States chooses to go back on the First Amendment? That's right. The European regulators are a real problem here. They don't have uh, the usual protections we've grown accustomed to in the United States. Just this morning uh, in the United Kingdom, we got a new policy proposal that will be really uh, proposing a lot of regulation about uh, how speech is on the uh, places like Facebook now, should we be concerned, you know, after all, maybe they can just, uh, Facebook or others can treat the two countries as different. Uh, I think the two dangers are, one is Facebook is affected by the European model, which after all, Europe is, they don't uh, have, they have less free speech, but they're not exactly, uh, you know, a tyranny. So it becomes attractive to say, well, we can do these things. And also we have to in Europe anyway, and we'd like to have access to that model and so on. That's one thing. The other thing is that the, and related is that the European model itself and will be in competition with an American model. And then there'll be the third great model will be Chinese. But in the countries that don't want explicit authoritarianism, we may see over time the European model is attractive for various reasons. Um, so I would think that too would make it easier for these companies uh, to look at Europe and say, well, it's not terrible and it solves a lot of headaches. And then over time, it just becomes attractive. Um, so I think the, uh, it'll be a struggle, a lot like uh, the economic regulation has been over time, to assert that American uh, strong protections for free speech are the best way for everyone to go, ultimately. John Samples is author of the new policy analysis, Why the Government Should Not Regulate Content Moderation of Social Media. It's available today. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.